0: Welcome to Snapshots and Second Acts, I'm Abina Adujan. You can learn a lot about someone from the photos they take and the ones they choose to share with others. Each episode showcases the personal snapshots and stories behind my guests pivot into their second acts. My guest today is Stephanie Findlay. She's a mom and scientist whose fondness for seemingly uncharismatic animals helped her find her sweet spot. Stephanie, thank you so, so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Why don't you tell us about yourself?
1: I'm a 30-year-old woman just sounds weird, but I guess it's true. Um, From Calgary, I'm married with a 21-month-old son. I've had a variety of different jobs and career paths over the year, which is, I guess, why we're chatting today. Right now, I work for an engineering company. Um, Well, an environmental company within an engineering company, and I'm one of the wildlife biologists on
0: staff. That's cool. So what does that mean, wildlife biologists? What do you do?
1: I do all kinds of stuff, really. We're um, a bit of a jack-of-all-trades because we're such a small group within the engineering company. Um, So because we're an environmental firm within an engineering firm, half of our work comes from the engineers, um, and they primarily do a lot of infrastructure work within municipalities, the province, so stormwater trunks, roads. Um, lift stations housing developments they do like there's the whole gambit landfills you name it we do a whole whack of different municipal works across the board um, my primary clients are the city of calgary and alberta transportation okay um, when we do our own environmental work so 50 percent is engineer and then 50 percent is our own environmental companies responsible for getting work and so we do a lot of restoration reclamation work um, working with city of calgary parks that's a lot of stuff that i do
0: You know what? I'm going to jump right into your first photo. Okay. Because I think this ties into this whole story. So the first photo that you sent was with you at the Calgary Zoo. Yeah. Standing in front of the elephant enclosure. And so you and your husband were taking a break from house hunting because you were planning to move to the city. Yeah. And you ended up at the zoo. Yeah. So um, I'm really curious. Why did that moment from that particular day stand out to you?
1: It stood out because I literally had no plan for coming to Calgary. I'd been a teaching assistant at McMaster University for several years. In my, like, I was doing it in my undergrad, and then I got a contract to do it for eight months full time. And the contract was going to get renewed every year. So there was a good chance I could have just kind of kept on and doing that and continued along that route Mm -hmm. um, as a teaching support, not as an instructor. I was good at it and I liked it. um, But I desperately needed to get out of Hamilton. (laughs) That's where I'm from, from Hamilton, Ontario. And my primary goal in life, like I had no other goal other than just get out, (laughs) see (laughs) something else, anything else. Ideally, it would have been out of the country. And that's still one of my goals, I guess, as much as I have goals. It would be nice to live in a country, Mm -hmm. not Canada, for a period of time. I'm not saying I don't want to live here forever. but, But yeah, so I just, I had no other goal. And so... Um, my then boyfriend, now husband, got hired with an oil firm and we were moving and they were paying to move us. And I was like, what am I going to do when I get there? And I was just like, yeah. I don't know. I'll figure it out when I get there. <laughs> and so like, I'm house hunting. We're working on budgets. I don't have a job. I have zero plan. Yeah. And we went to the zoo because... Um, in Ontario, the closest zoo is in Toronto, and I, I never got to go. It was so expensive,
0: okay. and it was
1: on the far end of Toronto, so I think I'd been like once or twice in my entire life, and I've always loved animals, so I was like, I couldn't believe you could go to the zoo on a public transit line.
0: Right. How far is Hamilton from Toronto? Uh,
1: it's like an hour drive to the south, assuming there's no traffic. If there is traffic, okay. you are you there for a while. Right. And so, yeah, so it's like, it's quite the commute to get there. And then it was expensive to go. And I, my family didn't have that kind of money or time to spend the whole day driving to Toronto to then walk around a zoo to then drive all the way back. I could only imagine the prospect of screaming children in the back of the car for that long.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah.
1: So, like, I just, I spent the day there and had a lovely time. But, like, even when I was in that picture, working at the zoo wasn't even in my mind. I was just like, oh, it's a zoo. This is lovely. But like literally a several in a few months, like I'd be volunteering there in animal care. And then a few months after that, I'd be working there in animal care. So it's just and I didn't even know that was a career path or a career option. Yeah, like that was a thing. Yeah,
0: You're a wildlife biologist now. So you were always interested in animals?
1: I always was. Okay. But um, my um, amazing uh, guidance, counsel, <laughs> guidance counseling, I guess, in high school, um they would sit you down and ask what you liked. And I always liked animals and they're just kind of like, well, unless you're going to go to veterinary school, Mm -hmm. there's nothing else to do. You can do like biology and dissect things. And I was just like, I don't want to kill things and take them apart.
0: Right. Right. (laughs) Like I like
1: animals alive. Thanks. Um, And so they basically like talked, they just said that like, there's no field like that. Like there was no options. And so they just gave me a bunch of science courses or degrees to apply to at university Mm -hmm. and, um, like when they're helping me fill out the applications and stuff, like what they ended up kind of helping me guide me towards was biochemistry. Interesting. And it's just like, why didn't they put me in ecology? Ah, yeah. I, again, my high school, my high school was a Catholic high school. I went to chemistry and physics and biology. And then the first, that last year, they started to offer earth and environmental sciences. And I took that Yeah. and I enjoyed it. But it's still not like, it wasn't animal related. And, but yeah, so they kind of, I just didn't think it was an option. I didn't even know ecology was a field of study until I started my <laughs> master's degree. Yeah. Um, So yeah, and I didn't get into biochemistry because I did not have those grades. And so I just got into a general social science degree. And I just had, I was so fed up with the whole system by the time I was in first year university. Because I was under the impression that I could finally take courses that I wanted to take. And no electives and... Like in high school, they made you take drama. They made you take all this. So it was just like, that's some of the crap you had to take. So it was just, I was so fed up with having to take garbage courses. And then here I was again in a university where I had all these electives that I had to take. Yeah. And so I just abandoned science altogether and took a whole lack of weird stuff in my first year, like anthropology, gerontology, world religions, um, Greek history, uh, earth and environmental sciences, um, yeah. theater and film. Um, so I took everything and then I decided I liked earth and environmental sciences, but I didn't want to have to go back and redo first year science to get the BSc.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was
1: just like, there was a little program in there that kind of melded policy with science. Okay. And it was called environmental studies.
0: Yeah.
1: And so it was this world that lived kind of in the science, but kind of in the social science. And I really enjoyed that. So I ended up with a BA.
0: That's really, really cool. I had a, a counselor at university. I met her at the end of my first year. And I kind of wish that I'd gone to see her sooner because she was like, this is the one time in your life. And this is pre, you know, online learning and all of that stuff, right? One time in your life where you're going to have the ability to be exposed to so many topics. So she was like, if you can, take them because you're here Mm -hmm. and you've got that, like your mind can be blown. So I'm actually like envious that (laughs) that you took all of that in your first year. That's pretty awesome.
1: (laughs) Well, I was rebelling. I was like, "This is garbage." Like my parents, like, "You should be a vet," and I was like, "Animals hate vets." Right. Like again, like, let's go to get into biology. Let's dissect animals, or go be a vet where animals are terrified of you. And I was like, None of this seems like a place I want to be. And no one in my world, no one in my orbit. Like I was, me and my sister were the first ones to go to university in our family. Mm -hmm. um, With the exception, I think, of my my dad's brother, but everybody else was like high school, if that, maybe some college. So it was just kind of like, there wasn't the background there to kind of have people interject in my life to kind of help direct me in choices like that. Right. So yeah, so my parents were just kind of like, be a vet, do this. And I was firmly into my rebellious stage at the end of high school in first year of university. And I was just like, screw you all, I'm not going to do any of these things. And I'm going to do what I want for a change. And I was like, I don't know what that is yet. And I'm going to do it all.
0: Yeah. I wonder how things would have played out if you had kind of followed that traditional path. Do you think you would have stayed in school? I don't know. So I would have, like, this is an interesting question. So
1: if I I had a, you know, guidance counselor who was like, hey, there's this world of ecology, maybe you should apply for that. I would have found ecology sooner. Right. Um, But I wouldn't have met, because I met Duncan in my third slash fourth year of university, um, because he was doing, he was in the geology department. So I was kind of, again, living halfway in that world. And so I wouldn't have met him, which wouldn't have taken me to Calgary, which wouldn't have got me to work for the zoo. And that gave me a lot of experience in understanding animal behavior, which is what ultimately led to my master's degree in animal behavior. So would I have gotten there on my own? I'd like to think so. But like I had had a lot of really low self-esteem, especially after the zoo. Mm -hmm. Um, And doing my master's degree really pulled me out of that. But I... Like the zoo is what put me in that state. So again, yeah, like, I don't know if I would have been ballsy enough to do it after my undergrad. And I'd like to think that I would because I was ballsy enough to just throw away my first year and just say, I'm going to do whatever I want.
0: Forget, like, screw
1: everybody else.
0: We're going to move on to your second photo. It's of you a very intricate tattoo that looks like that yeah
1: Yeah, they're bats um with the echolocation you can see the dash lines that represents the echolocation
0: calls very very cool and so you got that right before you defended your master's thesis yes so i was curious i'm like what's the symbolism there
1: i love tattoos i've always kept my tattoos hidden so they could be discreet behind clothes you just wouldn't see them i wanted to actually be able to show off some of the tattoos um sleeve is on my next wish list and ontario was very different like whenever you were in the business course, people didn't have tattoos you came to calgary and there's lots of people walking around downtown in their fancy office clothes and you can see their tattoos loud and proud so i was just kind of felt empowered and so i got one on my neck not as far forward as i wanted but i'm glad as far back as it is it's <laughs> kind of nice it's showy but not showy yeah so yeah, and then there was a tradition, a lot of people in our lab got bat tattoos near the end or with during their degree, and I was kind of holding this off till the end, because it's a symbolic kind of time, right? Like the thesis defense is the thing you work towards, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was a big deal. And so I was just like, I'm doing it again, like another big, bold move. Yeah. And so yeah, so I found an artist here, and he helped me design it. The echolocation calls are significant, because that was a good chunk of my thesis.
0: And what prompted you to uh, go ahead and get a master's degree?
1: Oh, I was at the zoo for almost four years or coming on four years, and it was clear that it wasn't it was never going to develop as a career. Maybe once upon a time that's what the industry in that company would have provided for young and upcoming zookeepers, but they were moving away from that, and that was becoming more and more evident to me and other young zookeepers that I'd been working with. Mm-hmm. Also you don't see zookeepers at the end of their careers in super optimal health. Like I've seen a lot of deteriorating bodies and missing fingers and enough for me to recognize that, you know what? Like, yeah, I do want a family at some point and I'd love to be whole. Right. Right. Or functional. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really, really physically demanding job and it's not a Monday. It's not a nine to five. Okay. Right. You don't work Monday to Friday. And I missed so many holidays and so much time with friends and family that I was just like, I, this isn't enough. Right. Like as much as I loved it, it wasn't enough. And so I was thinking about getting out and looking at other industry. And honestly, undergrad degrees just don't do on their own. No, they don't do what they used to do. I know a lot of the older boomers that were chatting with me about they're like, "Oh, I'll just start going to the offices and handing in resumes yourself." <laughs> yeah. That's
0: why I'm laughing cuz I'm old enough to have done that and recognize yeah. that it do- that doesn't work anymore.
1: No, it's not the world we're in right now, but thanks. Um I appreciate the feedback. But yeah, so I was trying to I did try looking for jobs, consulting firms, various other types of jobs and stuff like that, but if like, you know, I had a BA. I didn't even have a BSc.
0: Right. Right? right. So
1: like nobody was even going to look at me. Plus, I did a bunch of teaching, then I worked at the zoo, like it looks funny on a resume. So then, yeah, the opportunity presented itself. One of the zookeepers that I worked with, um, wonderful lady is into bats and she had an in with a professor here at the University of Calgary and got me in touch and yeah, the rest is kind of history. He had a space and had to take a couple of courses before I got accepted to the program to prove aptitude. But right. yeah.
0: Awesome. And so your thesis was on echolocation. Part of it, yes. In bats. Part of yep. it. Okay.
1: Yep. The other half was um, roosting ecology in the Badlands. That was fun.
0: So you went in to do this degree to kind of help facilitate a career shift. And so did you have really strong expectations of what you would do with it after? I had a couple of rough ideas. The degree itself wasn't, like for me, getting in
1: specifically to bat research wasn't that I thought bat research would get me into a bat-related field. If I was going to do a master's degree, it was going to be something I was interested in. And I did work with a lot of species at the zoo. They tend to put a lot of the newbies in undesirable species or the less... (laughs) <laughs> the less um charismatic ones. And so they dumped me in a bunch of bats and I was just like, this is awesome. So I loved them. I fell in love with them, right? As and a bunch of the other uncharismatic yeah. species like snakes. And so yeah, so I was doing something I loved and was really interested in. And then when I got out of it, I was like, Huh. As much as I had done this to find another job, me being in bats was a little niche. <laughs> it, yeah, just a touch. <laughs> yeah. So I go into looking at some consulting jobs and it's just like wetlands and fish and birds. And I'm like, hmm. And definitely not into wetlands. Those are as much as I've done a bit in the, my current job and it's not my cup of tea. And certainly not fish. It's just like, nah, no, not a great swimmer either. You don't want to toss me on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of sitting there thinking, great, here's me not thinking things through again. And
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: But it, it ended up working um, with the company that picked me up.
0: That's really awesome.
1: Yeah. So I had this question.
0: Would you say that there's a connection between your tattoo and your career path? Oh. That is a good choice. Because if there is
1: a way into consulting through BATS, it's through echolocation. Acoustic monitoring is the way in, unless you're going to count carcasses at a wind turbine facility, which is an option. But again, like, (laughs) I don't really like working with dead things. I'd much prefer working with living things. Yeah. So not to say that it's not a viable career choice is just my personal preference. But yeah, so it did work out. And again, it's a field that not a, a lot of biologists really like living mm-hmm. in or dancing too much in. But most biologists I know think it's really boring, but I loved it. It was a weird meld between biology, ecology, and math. There's a lot of statistics involved and um, math has always been a strong suit for me. So getting to use math with ecology was just lit me on fire.
0: I immediately took me back to when you first discovered ecology. Like, could you ever have imagined that you could find a career path that would blend those two interests and strengths?
1: Again, this brings me back to the elephant picture. I haven't spent a whole lot of time really thinking things through. I know this isn't a great way to like phrase someone's life where like I didn't have these big, lofty goals. I was just like, yeah. I'm going to just do this. And that's what happens afterwards is future Stephanie's problem. Right. Yeah. I haven't, I didn't, like, I didn't spend a ton of time thinking these things through. And it's, that's a theme that's existed well through high school. Uh, That's a big chunk of my life is I don't really have a lot of well thought out plans and how the heck I ended up landing on my feet. I still have no idea.
0: Not entirely sure how that happened. Well, it's interesting though, because there are so many careers that didn't exist back when, for example, you were doing, say, your undergrad, that people may find themselves in now, I personally think that it's really challenging to plan for a career, and what it's going to look like 15, 20, 30 years from now. Yeah. Oh, man. How do you envision your life would be different had you started out with a concrete career plan? And you sort of alluded that you may have found your way to the spot where you are now. I think what worries me
1: about that question is I spent a lot of time pushing back against norms. That's very much a fundamental character trait slash flaw to be determined of my personality. And it's something that I like about myself. I like that I push boundaries because it takes me interesting places. Right. I think if I accepted things and took a more conventional path, I think that actually would have meant that I wouldn't push back and I'd maybe be more of a basic person almost, less of a bats and maths kind of person. Right, it worries me that I would lose that part of myself, and I don't know what that would make me. Boring, I think.
0: So, when you were a little kid, you know what you wanted to be when you grew up?
1: Oh, I wanted to be a marine biologist.
0: Oh, get out! Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah,
1: I was like, I had watched Free Willy; it was the greatest movie ever. I was going to train whales, and that was what I was going to do—not necessarily like in a captivity setting, but I was just like, yeah, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then as I got older and thought about it more and more and more. I'm not a good swimmer. I'm quite (laughs) terrified of the ocean and of sharks. Marine biology was not an option for me. And so I realized that and I was like, well, I don't know what else there is then. And then again, like then you end up down the path of guidance counselors and aptitude tests.
0: And yeah, I know I sounded really quite surprised by that because it's to me really just awesome that you ended up working with animals. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's like my childhood self
1: knew what I wanted to do it was just like past Stephanie childhood Stephanie knew yeah I just didn't know how to get there. And then when I got older and I started to think about logistics, like how do you actually get from point A to point B this isn't possible and I just wrote it off, which is sad and that's like that's what I'm also this is kind of alluding to that. I'm worried about if I just accepted things and right I have done that in other parts of my life, but there are other parts of my life that I firmly rebel against and yeah, I'd be worried that I would miss out on a lot of cool stuff. Maybe I would have never dreamed to be a marine biologist. Firefighter was the backup.
0: (laughs) So I have one last question. Actually looking for advice for the listeners. And your advice was, quote, get a grasp of what matters for you and everyone else's expectations or guidance. They don't know you and don't know what will work for you. Deep down, you know what works and you just have to be bold enough to do it. Yep. Perfect. (laughs) You're like, (laughs) enough said. (laughs) Yeah, mic drop. Next question. That is awesome. What I was going to ask around that was if you'd always kind of held that close and true to you.
1: Yes. I think it's, um, again, this whole kind of ties into my pushing back against... Against not society, but against like authoritative forces, mm-hmm. I started to realize that the adults in my life didn't know what they were talking about and they didn't know what I was interested in. And I've always really had a strong grasp. I've always been this way, even since I was little, little. Yeah. Like I never had a problem advocating for what I wanted. It was, it's always in the forefront of my brain. And so realizing this is an adult that if this isn't a feature that's in everybody's head, that they don't. Intrinsically know what they want and that's not a paralyzing subject for them but like it really is there you really do know what you want to do deep down and like dig into it lean into it and be okay with it like it's fine to, to like what you like you can just like it because you like it and that's okay lean into it and have fun like it's this is your only shot at it
0: you can view my guest snapshots at the show's website snapshots and I'm eager to chat with people whose decision to embark on a second act has taken them to places they could have only previously imagined. Do you have your own story to share? Let me know at snapshotsandsecondacts.com. Theme music for the show was provided by The Permanent Residents. Thanks for listening.